0: Hello, hello, hello. This is your host, Beate Chalette. I am the growth architect. And in this episode on the Business Growth Architect Show, I am taking you through the 12 characteristics of successful entrepreneurs step by step. So if you have wondered what works at any time in any market, in any economy, what is it that people that are successful, what are they doing? What are their characteristics? Go and listen to the full episode right now. I see you there. Welcome to the Business Growth Architect Show. I am Beate Chalet. I am the host. I want to welcome you to our globally top 10% ranked podcast, where you will hear from industry experts about the strategies that are working right now to unlock hidden opportunities in any market so that you can grow your authority and scale your impact. And now let's get started with the show. Hello, hello, hello. This is your host, Beate Shillette, the Growth Architect. And today we're going to talk about something that I think you all need to hear, which are what are the 12 characteristics of successful entrepreneurs? And we are not going to have a guest today. It's going to be a solo episode. This is something that I have been really thinking about a lot lately. I facilitate a number of different groups. I work with, you know, private clients, entrepreneurs, business owners And we always talk about like, what does it take to be successful? In my capacity as a coach for the Entrepreneur Organization's Accelerator program, I also am around a lot of successful entrepreneurs that have multi-multi-million dollar businesses. And in my my job as one of these coaches, I am helping. This is a pro bono thing that I do. I'm helping the people that are in my group. To get to the one million dollar mark, so that they then can graduate to be a full member of the entrepreneur organization, and I find this really fascinating. Just so you all know, there's multiple groups out there. There is for high net worth individuals. There's a group called Long Angle. There's the Entrepreneur Organization. There is the uh, YPO Young uh, Professional Organization. There are all kinds of organizations out there which all uh, charge a fee. There's Vistage. Where you charge a, where you pay a fee, and then you are in a, some sort of a mastermind setting for an entire year. But um, in the many, many, many years that I've been doing this, I have noticed that there are some traits that really stand out amongst entrepreneurs that are making it that are very uh, different, or oftentimes overlooked in relationship to what is it that makes them really super successful. So the first one, uh, just staying with that theme here, is number one, of course, the networking. Because networking and being at the place where your clients are is absolutely critical for your success. I think that in the age of internet marketing, a lot of us have gone down the road of believing that internet marketing, you know, the funnel hacking, and that somehow this will the right lead magnet, will get you to the millions the fastest. That, in essence, is true. And Russell Brunson certainly has made that a a business model that is exemplary. But you have to remember, in order for you to do something like that, you need money, and you need to throw money at the ads and at the testing. And it is a very focused, uh, technical, and data-driven business. And that is not for everybody. So the networking part where I find that most people really excel is the human connection. So you need to go where your clients are and you need to connect with your clients at the level that they're operating at. And for me, that is either speaking a podcast hosting or podcast guesting. So I get the word out, build my authority, or it is to go to event where my ideal clients are because I know that when I speak, people know, I know my stuff. I've been doing this for a while. I'm not a bullshitter. This is a straight up information. So networking is number one. Networking, aside from networking, let's go into uh, the number two piece. And that is really the strategy. I'm a business strategist. And for me, strategy is really simple because strategy means problem solving. Strategy means reverse engineering. Strategy means being very clear on what the goal is that you want to get to. And then being able to reverse engineer that step-by-step into where you want your clients to go and where you want yourself to go. So the strategic part is mostly about a vision, a long-term vision, and the ability to make these plans or the main plan based on that. And then plugging in the different tactics or sub-strategies, if you want to call them, whatever suits you best to achieve that particular goal. Now, the piece that comes immediately next is mindset. And it's interesting because people think that strategy and mindset really doesn't go together, but it really does. I'm a big believer on mindset. So if you heard this podcast before, you see that we have multiple topics on mindset. You had David Nagel, who talked about the double binding message, and we had Blaine Bartlett, who talked a lot about mindset. So we mindset is for people that are successful. Remember, that's what we're talking about. What are the 12 characteristics for entrepreneurs that make them successful? And that is the clarity of the vision. Now that goes hand in hand with the strategy because see, once you have envisioned the goal, right, then you have to hold that in your mind for you to consistently take actions that are moving you in that particular direction. If you have just a strategy but then you have a fingers crossed or let's see how it goes. If you want this explained, you really need to listen to the episode with David Nagel. is what is that friction, the double binding message message that, that you are having here that is prohibiting you from stepping into that. And this is a critical piece and this will never go away. You will never master that fully. It is a day to day, year in year out mindset practice that you must have where you do whatever your meditation, where you do your visioning, your vision boarding, where you do your mantras, whatever that is, or some people uh, listen to music to get them in a particular mindset before they go into these kinds of pieces. But you need to control your mindset. I read a great quote and it says that the mind really is the athlete and the body just is the vehicle. So the mind is the most important thing that you need. Now, from there on, we're going to go into number four. And number four is the self-motivation. There was once a quote, and I don't remember who that was, who said, What do you do to stay motivated? And the the, I don't know if it was Bob Proctor or or somebody like that or Mark Cuban. I don't remember who it was. So I f- forgive me for maybe not having this properly attributed. But The answer was if you need somebody as an entrepreneur to motivate you you're in the wrong business if you cannot get up in the morning and have that clarity of the strategy with a mindset image clearly in your head and you're fired up to achieve that there's nobody out there because your mom and your dad and your relatives and your friends that were apprehensive about you doing this anyway are programmed differently than we are as entrepreneurs they are programmed for safety. They believe that having a real job may be the safety. We know now that that's not true because, in, if I if I look at the organizations and what they're doing right now, that's the last place that safety can be found. And the only safety you have is the safety you have in the trust in yourself. So make sure that your self-motivation, the drive and the determination for you to be able to go into these challenging moments that you will have as an entrepreneur, that you can master them without falling back. Let's go to number five. And so number five is about what are we going to do for a customer focus and uh, market research and really getting clear on bringing solutions to our clients? You are in business because you have an idea. That's how it always starts. But the idea is based upon you being able to solve a problem for a client. You must be very clear that your customer-centric approach is in front, center, and middle because it is required for you to understand your customer on a deep, psychological level that will then allow you to provide a solution based upon what the problem is in their own words. Now if you have not heard me talk about this, you need to go and check out the five star success blueprint. I just did a five part training where I take you through the step by step by step. And I want you to just go to the five star success blueprint. I want you to look at that and I want you to see um, these elements of this training and understand on how the offer fits into the overall structure and you find it at 5starsuccessblueprint.com the objective here is and i'm just going to spend one more minute on this you may know what the actual problem is and you want to solve that because when the client says i need to find more clients you know that it's not the problem is not finding the clients that's how it shows up But there's six other problems that are the reason why they're not finding any more clients. So you want to vomit what you know on them. You have to present this problem that they're having in language that they understand. Your solution needs to be delivered so it solves the problem. Sometimes you can't even talk about this other than in broad terms of what your solution solves. You cannot oftentimes give them details on how this exactly works, which is a little bit counterintuitive. But this is a a, a very important success strategy for entrepreneurs to understand that part. So let's go from there on in the next part. And that is sales and marketing. I have news for you. Everything you do centers around sales and marketing. If you are the best kept secret, nobody's going to buy from you because nobody knows you exist. So you must build your authority. And we talk about this in growth architecture a lot. You must build your authority in such a way that people are seeing you as an authority in the field, in the industry, solving the very problem that you talked about. I hear a lot of times there is apprehension about sales. The key to successful problem solving and sales is that you need to detach yourself from the notion that you're making a sales call. You want to connect with people basically on the same level. Another interview I did with Matt Ryder, if you have not listened to the interview with Matt Ryder on sales, you're missing out that guy is literally one of the, I mean, if not the top sales guy in the country right now. And he has figured out how to have these conversations like nobody I've seen before. And believe me, I know a lot of people and I see a lot of people, but Matt Ryder, You must check this out. He'll take, he'll actually give you the script. That's how, that's how amazing he is. He's given me the script to give to you. So if you're missing that episode, go there now. Matt Ryder on sales and look at it from the perspective that you are having a conversation to really figure out what's going on with them. Matt Ryder has one premise, which I have never heard and think is the most powerful premise I've heard amongst salespeople. He says when he goes in, he goes in as the authority in his category, which is sales. So he automatically positions himself as the authority in this particular kind of genre, right? You must show up like that, not as, hey, just checking in. What would what would it be like to? You are that person that knows that. So you have to demonstrate that subject matter expertise. So super, super, super important. Now, let's go to the next one. And that is your ability to solve problems as our characteristic number seven and solving problems means that you have to get very clear what the problem actually is. Now, this is interesting. Many entrepreneurs, business owners are unaware what the actual problem is. When we hear our clients talk, we go, that's not really your problem. That's your problem. We do the same thing. So unless you have a subject matter expert like me, a coach, consultant, strategist who comes in and looks at this and says, oh, that's not your problem. Your problem is your mindset or your problem is that you uh, try to do everything by yourself. Your problem is you do mini-me cloning. Your problem is you have no operational processes and procedures. Your problem is that you are on the ground floor and not on the upper floor. It is difficult to see for ourselves. There is no reward for doing everything on your own. There's no tombstone. And I was just at my father's grave in Germany. And I looked at a lot of the tombstones and I can tell you with absolute certainty, there's not one single tombstone, not one that says here lies a man or a woman that did everything by themselves. What does it say? Beloved father, husband, business owner, entrepreneur carpenter train conductor i mean this is old germany so so, so they do actually have these kinds of uh, things on these on these tombstones so get clear about that the problem that you think it is may not be the problem that it actually is get the help to have an outside perspective to help you figure out and analyze what that actual problem is Now that gets us to number eight. And the number eight characteristics is decision-making. Oh, M G. Can I just tell you on how many times I talk to business owners, entrepreneurs, creatives, and they have so many ideas that they get confused. Which of their ideas is the best idea. And then they keep changing and changing and changing. And changing and the result is confusion because didn't we just talk about that the strategy the vision of the business and then the mindset on holding that vision is really critical if the vision constantly changes there cannot be any strategy and the rest is already falling apart so you want to be clear about that the decision making means when you go to bet on a horse there's a point where you have to place the bet or you play roulette or you buy a car. There is a point where you have to make a decision. You buy a house, you get into a relationship, you you decide to have a baby. There is a point where you have to make an actual decision and then the decision is made. There is no turning back. You will adjust the path along the way, but the decision is made. So make sure that you ask yourself, In your success as an entrepreneur, am I actually making a decision? And in mindset, this is one of the most important things is to make the decision that this is what we're going to do because it determines literally everything else. That now goes to our point number nine, and that is resilience. I'm a master in resilience. I always say resilience is the audacity to not give up. Resilience means that sometimes life just sucks. It just sucks. Something that you loved doesn't love you back. Bad stuff happens. Somebody gets sick, somebody dies, a deal you thought was was a done deal fails. People are flakes. People say they're going to work with you and then they don't or they pull the they, they pull the plug at the last minute because they don't have these attributes that we just talked about. So The resilience is there will be setbacks. This is very famous and you've seen this a thousand times. It's not a clear line from here to there that just goes ever, ever so consistently up. It's like a wild, crazy zigzag ride with valleys and dangerous animals and and trap doors. So you've got to be clear that that's going to happen. But that when these exit routes shut down, there's another road for you that need to be going. So look at this, the failure not from, you know, when something doesn't go right and you need to activate your resilience, don't look at it as a failure. Look at it as, ah, it's a recognition, a knowledge that this particular thing doesn't work and then just let it go. That's resilience. And sometimes it's, it's, it's very difficult. I mean, I, don't, I know everything about this. I mean, fires, floods, right? earthquake, a lawsuit, September 11th, wiped out a half a million dollars for me. If you haven't heard my story. My story is littered with resilience and adversity to the point where I'm like, God, what the heck is going on here? This is just not normal. But I'm here to tell the story. And I did sell my business for millions of dollars to Bill Gates. So when that ship came in after 13 years of just brutal hardship, was that worth it? What do you think? So you just don't know how this hardship and the resilience you need to activate plays into the overall plan. Now that brings us to uh, number 10, and that is the financial management numbers. You got to know them, even though they may not be what you want, even though you may be ashamed or embarrassed about them, or you may not be where you want to be. You got to know what your run rate is a month. You got to know what your expenses are. You got to know what the cost is that you need to operate. And you got to know if what you do works or not. If nobody buys what you're doing, it's not working. And believe me, I've been through this multiple, multiple times in my career, in my business, where I'm convinced that something is a really good idea only to find out that it isn't. Or to find out that it can work, but that's not something that I want to do. So you have to know and look at the numbers and say, at this number, is it worth it for me to be doing this? That brings us to number 11, and that is adaptability. Adaptability is a term that comes from understanding that things may not work out the way you had anticipated it. The way way business development goes or the way spiritual development goes or the, the way anything goes is that certain things you need to experience so they get you to that next thing. I always say with adaptability like the second step doesn't show up before you've taken the first step and the first step has to be taken often blindly based up on what we talked about having that strategy having that clear vision with the mindset keeping that in in your head and then pulling all these other pieces underneath of it to make sure that you are moving through this absolutely consistently now the next piece is that change is inevitable. So you must be flexible because an opportunity might arise out of something that you've already done that you have not seen yet or that you have not recognized yet. And now with this adaptability concept, when something new comes up, instead of insisting, and I mean, how many people do you know that? keep insisting that that way is the only way. Instead of insisting that this one thing that you always believed in is really the right thing, adaptability allows you to say, you know what, that was a really good idea up until now when I realized that something else came that is more important, that's more powerful. And you change because adaptability is absolutely everything. And that brings us to our final one, and that is number 12, and that's creativity. Everyone's creative. You are Creative because you wouldn't be listening to this unless you had creativity to go out to find solutions for some of the questions that you have and some of the problems that you're having, or to get inspired and to find motivation. So the creativity is the lack of insistence that the one way you've learned it is the right way. And I I heard a great story. And forgive me if you've heard this before, but there's this, you know, story about this woman and she makes this great pot roast. But when she makes a pot roast, she like cuts off the end piece of it. And then she makes a pot roast. So one day her husband asks her, like, why do you always cut off the end piece? And she says, I don't know. My mother did it. And then she asks her mother and she said to her mother, well, why are you cutting off the end piece of the roast before you uh, put it in the oven? She says, I don't know. My mother's always done it. So I just adapted. And I just did that because she did it. And then she goes to her grandmother and says, why are you cutting always off the end of the roast before you put it in the oven? She says, oh, because My pan is only this size, so I have to make sure that the roast actually fits in my small pan. So a whole generational decision-making process without any thinking has been taken on, and I see this, my family, over the generations, and I bet you can come up with some examples in your family over a couple of generations, where people just do things a certain way and you go, dude, that makes no sense. But they do it because that's what they've always done. So creativity is also give yourself permission to step back and say, is there a better way to do this? Is there a different way to do this? Is this even true? Is my story that I'm telling myself the correct kind of story? These are the 12 characteristics for successful entrepreneurs. What do they have in common? They have in common the opposite of insistent that your way is the only way and the right way. It says, I know there is a way. I know I can do it. I know this is available for me because I've seen other people do it. I'm going to find one way and that's my way. I always say there's a million ways to be successful. You only need to find one yours. So that is what these characteristics are is to question on when you're walking down that path, especially when it's difficult like it is right now for many people and so much uncertainty. And remember, AI drives all the media. So the media just picks up and regurgitate what other media talks about. It's all this negative nonsense. Of course, everybody's depressed and anxious in a mental basket case. But if you go back to these characteristics and say, what does a Mark Cuban, what does a LeBron James do? You know, and I'm listening on um, on the meditation app Calm. I was just listening on a mindset piece that LeBron James actually recorded, and he said he guards his mind more than anything. There are pathways to success go look at people that are doing things successfully not at people who are not media does not show you people who are successful or they show you people who are successful and they try to take them down to put them on the lowest nomination to make him have the most mass appeal if it bleeds it leads so stay away from things that are taking you out of following these 12 characteristics on a personal note our goal for this year is to really grow this podcast. Can I ask you to take this episode and share it with one other person that really needs to have a little bit of extra motivation today about their mindset and what constitutes success? I'm super appreciative. No, this is a two-way conversation. It's not me just talking to guests to, for whatever reason. We do this for the sole purpose, to bring you strategic ideas, to get you in the mindset of success and to keep you on the path to keep going. Somebody's got to do it. It may as well be you. And that's it for me for today. Thank you so much for listening or watching to this episode. Again, share it with one other person. Help me to get this message out. Help me to make a bigger impact by helping other people to make more of an impact. And that's it for me. And I am your host, Beate Chalette, and goodbye. Thank you for listening to or watching the show. We are so excited that you're here and we are very grateful for you. Now it's our turn to ask you for help. Please do share this episode with one other person that needs to hear what we were talking about today. If there's any question you have about business, please do reach out to us and let us know. And don't forget to schedule your complimentary Uncovery Session at uncoverysession.com, where one of our business growth advisors will help you to figure out what your number one business growth blocker is in only 15 minutes. And that's it for us today. Until next time.